0: The Chicago Bears select Mitchell Trubisky. Mm. Last night I tried some raw oysters. I, don't
1: know, I want all my picks back and I want David goddamn Putney just because I feel like it. You're out of your mind. I am Dre Fogue and I'm the transfer. Coach, show them
2: just in case they don't like you. Oh, Can you go buy another one, Coach, if you need one?
0: Hold on. Errant Rogers, E-R-R-A-N-T Rogers.
2: All right, fellas. We're all here, full packed house again. We brought we brought Nolan back, despite what was uh, said about him in the week seven preview. Dolan. I don't know if you listened to that. Did you catch that?
1: Uh, I
2: didn't. I didn't get, I, subscribed,
1: oh. I subscribed to the back judge, but I did not get the notification that an episode was uploaded.
2: Yeah, so there was, there's was a little slander in the, uh, of you. So you should go check it out. You're you're lucky to be back. Let's just say did that.
1: Give, did I give a bad take? No,
2: you're just lucky to be back. It's all right.
0: What's, all right, the, what's the over-under at, boys?
1: <laughs> it's, it's an honor every time I'm welcomed 15. back. 15.
3: <laughs> Listen, we're glad to have you, man, and uh, we gotta we got an exciting week ahead of us, so let's roll. And uh, Yeah, we'll but before we yet. get
2: into these games, uh, I want to start talking some trades because the two teams that are represented by the back judge, the Lions and the Cowboys, both have made pretty big moves in the last few days. Let's start out with that Cowboys one, Tommy. Just uh, give me your first reactions with uh, the Cowboys giving up uh, first rounder for Amari Cooper.
0: Well, when the news broke, I was really pissed, to be honest, and uh, I I thought that they overpaid immensely for it. And then a little bit as time went on, uh, and and the start of the things, the things started to come out that Philly offered a second, and really, if Dallas really wanted wanted him, they were going to have to uh, give him a first and. If um, this kind of all hinges on how his production will be when, he, when he's playing this offense. Um, if, if he can return to his rookie form and even his second-year form when he was a pro baller and I think hit 1,000 yards in each of those seasons, then I think this is a great trade because if you can get a number one receiver in the first round of the draft, who in Amari Cooper is already, this is his fourth year I think, but he's only 24 years old. So he's still extremely young. Um, and there's obviously a lot of upside for him being the, the main guy in this offense. But in terms of the cons of this, I, I think they do outweigh the pros. One, you're giving up the first-round pick. Two, you're going to have to re-sign this guy in the offseason when you're already going to have to re-sign Dak this offseason if if you want to do that. And then on top, well, really, this this I think this deal really is they're going to get, this is Garrett's last chance and this is Dak's last chance, and I think a lot of their fate is going to, Kind of rely on how Amari Cooper works out. They want to, They're going to give Dak a weapon and see if he's really the franchise quarterback. And the same goes for Jason Garrett. They're going to try and the the, the division is as competitive as it is with the Redskins leading at, with that four and three record. So they're they put all their cards in the middle of the table and uh, they're going to try and make a push for the playoffs. But overall, right now I'm I am not that I don't think I don't think it's as bad as I thought as I thought it was when it first dropped. But if this is a top fifteen, top ten pick, which it very well could be, um, and then you're looking at Amari Cooper, who never really made the splash that he, they thought that he was going to make, and you're going to have to pay this guy probably fifteen million dollars a year because he doesn't make the splash, you won't have to pay him that. Yeah, but then you I, gave up. I think just you to give, give, a, give
3: the other side of the argument, you have to consider that. I'm pretty sure I gave the other side. Well, you have to consider that. This, I don't think this, I would call competitive would be. One of the later words I would use to describe this division. None of these teams have impressed me. I think the Redskins are a sloppy four and two that are waiting to be beaten out by somebody. The Cowboys are in a position where they are most desperate for a receiver. They, like you have said multiple times, they have a top 10 defense that has been performing at an extremely high level, higher than I ever thought they could. It's clear that they just lost the Redskins off a fumble by Dak Prescott on their own three-yard line that resulted in a touchdown. They ended up losing by three and missing a 52-yard field goal to go into overtime. It was very listless. They need an offensive weapon. Amari Cooper is June 94, man. He's 24 years old. I, I'll say it right now. I would rather have Amari Cooper on my team than any first round receiver that gets drafted this year. Receivers in the first round have panned out, maybe one in every eight or nine receivers pans out to be something. I know Amari's had dropping issues, but I think this might be the change that he needs. And Jerry is saying, he's like you said, he's putting all his cards in the middle of the table and saying, let's go. I think that these first round picks have kind of been overvalued as time has gone on. And I think this Cowboys trade might actually prove it. I've been a Cowboys hater. As everyone who has ever listened to the show knows, and I root for them to do worse, I like Amari Cooper a lot. I always have. I think Oakland was an awful situation, and it still is. I'm glad he's out of there. I think he's young and has enough time to prove what, what Dallas is basically believing in him as. It's a first-round pick, and like Jason Garrett says, could be a cornerstone player. I'm kind of more on that wavelength than anything else, and I think that this might be a case in where the first-round pick is really worth it. You
1: know, Tommy brought up a good point that with, and how it's, it is make or break. This is a big deal for the Cowboys. And trading a first-round pick for a perceived star receiver, like you said, he's 24 years old. But just as it's make, and, make or break for Garrett and the Cowboys, I think that this is big for Amari Cooper. Because I've never been huge on Amari Cooper, honestly. He's only six foot one, and he came into the league kind of as a possession receiver. And like you said, he's had drop issues. So I think this is a big trade for everyone involved in the Cowboys. Cooper, even though he's just coming there, and Dak, and Jason Garrett. And I think it's a win for the Raiders. Because they had all that talent, they had Cooper, and they were still starting off one and five. And he wasn't going to change; he was going to push the needle any which way. So I think at this point they had three first-round picks going into next year. Um, they weren't going to make any noise this year. Gruden—they're stuck with him for ten years. He's doing the best he can. I think.
0: Yeah, just to add on to that point, John, I completely agree with you. I mean, I, I was texting—I uh, was texting the group and saying that. John Gruden is in full Tommy Murray three AM dynasty mode right now, just shelling out anything you can to get a first round pick. And the Cowboys very well—I mean, this very well could be a, a top fifteen pick. And uh, if—and then plus the Bears pick, assuming the Bears don't make the playoffs, you can have three top fifteen picks right there. Um, and you might not even get a quarterback. So that's, that's based, based
3: on your preseason philosophies. This division is right where you need it to be. If Dak can perform and be accurate, like he's proven he can be at home, and Zeke can be effective, now they have a receiver that's somewhat, uh, you know, exciting. At least yeah, he's fine. a bit
0: exciting, but he doesn't.
3: He's, he's a good route
0: runner, and he just, puts them way more in the race for the division than. Oh, yeah, well of course. I mean, I agree. they had to make a move, but Amari Cooper has gotten worse every single year. He give up
3: on the season. You
0: were ready to give up on the season. Yeah, and, and that, that this and doesn't and and this does this is only doing stuff for you. Um, this isn't reinvigorating my well, my so up, hopes. Well, I mean, we'll see about that. I we'll see. You I still guess. Dak Prescott is still your quarterback, and he still has had trouble pushing the ball downfield. So it doesn't matter how good Amari Cooper is. What if this is all just on Dak? So, and then you wanted you want to draft a quarterback in the first. What if you guys? What if we need to draft a quarterback in the first round and you don't have that pick because Dak isn't the guy? It's just like there's a you're putting your you you're basically. This needs to work, and if it doesn't work, then you're going to be a team who's not going to have a pick till the second round, and you might need a quarterback. So I'm just saying that it was aggre- It was very aggressive for a franchise that they like to make their aggressive moves, and the Cowboys draft extremely well. So I, it's not like they they always are bringing in good talent in the draft. But I don't. This could be. I don't know. We're just gonna to have to see. Okay. Let's move
2: on to uh, Snacks Harrison, baby, coming to the D for a fifth round pick. Woke up to some great news this morning. Really excited about uh, this acquisition for the Lions. They absolutely needed a two-gap D-tackle on the inside that could stop the run in this Patricia system. The Lions are one of the worst teams in stopping the run so far this season, and they got the best in the business pretty much. Uh, I know Damon Harrison doesn't really do much on third down unless it's certain short. Not exactly a pass rusher, but there's a reason this dude's making $8 million a year to. Uh, to play D tackle, and it's because he's probably the best run stopping defensive lineman in the NFL, other than maybe Linval Joseph, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, Adam, I completely agree with you, man. And this was a huge trade for the Lions. Um, they have had trouble stopping the run the last past couple years, and that's carried on into this year. And then, like you said, they get arguably the best run stopping D tackle in the NFL, um, and they only had to give up a fifth round pick. Uh, so it's I think it's a great deal for the Lions. The contract may be an issue in the next couple years, but, I mean, if worse comes to worse, you can cut them. That's the greatest thing about these NFL non-guaranteed contracts. So I think it's a low-risk, uh, high-reward move uh, by the Lions. I think that there's no chance that
1: this year, and I'm pretty sure the Lions already own a fifth-round pick in the 2019 draft. They can yeah.
2: get their second one. This Is this the Lakin Tomlinson pick, I believe?
1: Yes, yes. We never should have taken him to begin with, but the fact that we turned him into uh, Snack Harrison is pretty exciting. But uh, there's just no chance we're going to get a player the quality of Damon Harrison in the fifth round this year, especially someone who's ready to come in and contribute that quickly. I mean, we got not Nada past his prime, and he was still a great contributor in the run game. So I'm really excited for this pickup. And like you said, we needed a guy on in the interior. Deshaun Hand has been way better than I thought he was going to be, best on the defensive line by far. But this is just going to bolster, bolster up the defense that once the Matt Patricia defense finally starts to take shape, and he can mold it the way he is. He has all his players there now. I'm excited.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with all you guys. I've always been very fond of Snacks Harrison, and I think it's very exciting that they got him for a fifth round pick. I think that's awesome. To quote Conor Ryan, got a little, get, sprinkle a little Conor Ryan <laughs> in. He said, I don't even, speaking of Madden, I don't even think that trade would have been accepted in Madden. Conor Ryan no. said that, and I agree with him, you know?
0: I actually but, will, I will, uh, interject and say that as an experienced Madden 19 player, Snacks Harrison is one of the easier elite players to get in the game due to his age and the contract. So uh, just throwing that out there, a little tidbit. We should try to do that too.
2: <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think this is this might just be Bob Quinn's best move as the Lions GM just in terms of for what the value in which you're receiving for the value that you gave up. I think they just really took advantage of the Giants at the right time. And I'm not even sure that this is I can't even hate on the Giants too much for this, this you know, move in their, you know, to put yourself in their shoes. It's a guy who, it's a D-tackle who only plays two downs and you're paying him $8 million a year. Like, you're really, I, I feel like they might have been able to get a fourth for him, maybe a third, uh, if someone got if, in, in a bidding war maybe. But I think that a fifth round pick is probably realistically what you would get for him and good on the Lions for being the team that uh, made the move for it. Uh, you, guys, you guys ready to get in some eight, Week 8 games?
1: Yeah, I just got one more trade I want to talk about with you okay. guys. And that's the, the Carlos Hyde trade. Because I think that um, the Browns and the Jags, those are obviously two teams that I have in the wind pool. And those are two teams that are trending in the wrong direction. But I think it was a good trade for Cleveland. Because like you saw uh, from Nick Chubb, he had one of the smallest uh, carry volumes in the league. He wasn't getting more than three carries a game and uh, that one game versus the Raiders where he turned three of his, two of his three carries were 50-yard touchdowns, um, the fact that he's going to be getting those carries that Hyde was getting where Hyde was going for games where he'd get 14 carries for only 34 yards, I think that Hyde's a downhill thumper and he's a good goal-to-go guy, but Chubb is a dynamic back, and the fact that he's going to be getting about 20 carries a game for them, he's going to be maybe a finish— in fantasy terms, I think he's going to be a running back two if not running back one for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, and they got rid of that contract from Carlos Hyde. They just paid huh. him a three-year $5 million. I mean, I would expect that he's probably going to get released by the Jags at the end of this year and, and re-enter back on that free agency pool. But, uh, yeah, I think that was a, a great move as well. And I just wanted to say one more thing about, uh, about the, the Lions – and potentially maybe getting Landon Collins and I, I think they should be all in for that and give up the first round pick and get him if the Giants no. are if the Giants are vulnerable right now and they they're not and they're trying to rebuild and they are going to undervalue Landon Collins I think that the Lions should be all in on getting that man put him back there with Glover and I just think that'd be I think that'd be a great move. He's I think he's too much of a liability in coverage for a first round pick, to be honest. Yeah.
2: and and I mean, if you're looking at the Lions, they drafted Tracy Walker, who's essentially essentially the Glover, Glover Quinn replacement. Glover Quinn has basically regressed in front of Lions fans' eyes this year. He's not the player that he used to be. I think Glover Quinn will be off the team next year. Uh, and it'll be Tracy Walker and Quandre Diggs going forward in that safety spot. Yeah.
0: I, what about? Start, what, 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 that's all the more reason why you would get Landon Collins, right? No, first No, guys, because he—he's he's, he's,
2: he's gonna play. He would play like Quandre Diggs' role. Uh,
0: he's arguably. I mean, he's a top three safety in the league, top five safety in the league. If you can get that yeah, for, for what a first he does, pit, I mean,
2: the, the Lions need somebody who's gonna be like really good in coverage and like Landon yeah, Collins is definitely more of an in the box, like make plays in the backfield the, uh, and kind of a guy.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. He's more of a linebacker playing safety. He is. We already have Gerard Davis in the middle, who's kind of the downhill banger, I feel like. I don't think that (laughs) Landon College—I feel like there'd be a lot of frustration from Lions fans seeing Landon College uh, in coverage because— Especially, too, I mean, you're looking at
2: this—even though they got Snacks Harrison, this is a loaded D-line class, and definitely the Lions still need help on the D-line with Ziggy Anza probably heading out the door this offseason, and even if they keep him— it's going to be for a cheap price and he's not reliable to stay on the field. So you still need to add resources to that D line. You already gave up a third round pick uh, next year with a dish on hand uh, trade last year. So you only have two picks in the first three rounds really to to improve your, your defense because I really think that's where the majority of the picks are going to go to at this point next year. Uh, so that's – I wouldn't – want to be giving up any more draft capital than, than Quinn already has, unless it's going to be more of these these late-round trades for, for dudes who are already established starters in the league. But if I had to guess, I think the Lions would be done in the in the trading sphere. So let's get on to these uh, Week 8 games, and I think we want to start off again in London. I'm really loving these 8.30 a.m.ers, baby. Oh, that's awesome. I, I, wake, I wake up around 10. It's in the second half already, and I just get to watch a second half football game instead of Rex Ryan and Terry Bradshaw running their mouths on there in their respective pregame shows. So, uh, what are you guys feeling about with these this Eagles-Jags game in, in London?
3: I I can start this with this. I guess I'll say uh, I guess I'll piggyback a little bit off of what Dolan was talking about earlier and the fact that a team that I'm really fading on hard is the Jacksonville Jaguars. I had a lot of faith in them just as a defensive unit that had played with a lot of discipline, coached by Doug Marone, and with an offense that Leonard Fournette gave the ability to kind of lag because. He was so explosive in the run game, and Bortles did a decent job of uh, trailing this whole team and, and keeping the ship going until the AFC Championship last year. I thought it was kind of going to be more the same this year after Bortles tore up the Patriots' defense, and ever since then, they've been getting scored, I think, something like 98-20, to 20, and it's just been a lot of bad things coming out of Jacksonville. We don't know when Fournette's coming back necessarily. Jalen Ramsey's talking about the problem. We know what the problem is, but we're not going to talk about it or whatever, and Bortles is his job is uh, as on the line as it's ever been. I think this is a situation where this Eagles team is a three and four which is the I was seeing something about it, it might be the worst Super Bowl hangover in the last uh, couple decades something like that they're not having a great year so far. I don't think there's that much pressure on them yet, but I think this would be a, is, is a huge position for both teams. And with how hard I'm fading on Jacksonville, this game is overseas. No one's really at home. I like the Eagles a lot in this matchup. This is one of my more confident picks of the week, I think, is an Eagles unit that won the Super Bowl last year and has a lot of talent and, and not nearly as many problems going on and holes. I think they're going to regroup hard and, and get a convincing win in London. I'm really, really confident about this one.
0: And at this point
1: in the season, it's kind of hard to remember that both Jacksonville and Philadelphia were two of the best teams in the league last year. Mm -hmm. And obviously, Jacksonville easily could have won that New England game uh, in the AFC Championship. And Philly, they're, like you said, defending Super Bowl champions. And I think uh, these are two teams that, no matter how bad or average they've been this year, they could still easily win their division. And um, when it comes down to it, I think that I agree with Lee, although I'm a big Jags guy, and this is London Blake Bortles. He's playing at home in London. Um, I think that Wentz is obviously the better quarterback, and Philly is still the Super Bowl champion. I think that Tennessee game last week, uh, the Titans got really lucky in that one. So I'll uh, take- give it. You mean the Carolina? Oh, yeah, Carolina, my bad.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm taking the Eagles, especially after that. Just blowing a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter, um, the Eagles really uh, took their foot off the gas last week, and I think they know now that they uh, they can't afford to carry that same. I, there, I think there's definitely was a cockiness and a a bit of expecting to see the same results and not really putting the work in that you kind of that stereotype with uh, Super Bowl winners coming back. Um, so I, I'm really I think the Eagles kind of ha- both these teams really need to win this game, but I think the Eagles have to win this game and they're more talented and they just are the better football team at the end of the day, despite the great home field advantage that uh, Mr. Dolan was talking about. Uh, and then a little side point that I wanted to make, we were just talking about the Jaguars. Klepp has been talking about how this kind of reminds him of that Broncos squad last year, how they had that great defense, and then their inability to really do anything on offense kind of brought down the whole performance level of the defense on uh, the end. And I speaking of trades before this deadline, I think – I would 100% be throwing a first-round pick at Oakland to get Derek Carr. And if you don't want to do that, bring Terod Taylor in there because he's, Blake, he's a better version of Blake Bortles. He can do everything that Bortles can and is a little bit better of a thrower. Um, I just think that this Jaguars team, they need, they need a new face at the head. Bortles had a great – he played against a, a great game against the Patriots earlier this year and had a good first half in the AFC Championship last year. It's time to really recognize this guy for what he is, and he's not a franchise quarterback. Go Eagles.
2: So that's so that fourth over to Tampa Bay for Ryan Fitzpatrick, baby. <laughs>
0: yeah, seriously. Even 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 uh, Fitz – give a seventh for Fitz. You can get him. Yes. I,
1: I like what you say about trading for Tyrod, too, because at this point, like a lot of people say Tyrod can be a game manager. The Jags need a game manager. They need a guy who's not just going to throw the Blake Bortles pick sixes and the fumbles. And um, Tyrod, he's a safe pick. I, I like that idea.
3: I think if you can get a a Derek Carr for a first-round pick, if that's a reality for you, then you maybe should go for that. That's the type of guy who can really reinvigorate your season with or without Leonard Fournette, and maybe even charge your team to a Super Bowl. I think that that could be a great change for Carr too. He's proven he can be very good in the league, and unless he's completely just taken a huge step backwards and is not going to get any better, if he can do anything like play anything like he did before he got that contract, things can really work well in Jacksonville, and they can have more of a leader and a gamer at quarterback.
2: Absolutely, uh, I'm I'm gonna make it four for four. Though I'm taking the Eagles in, in London here.
1: No jags though. Um, I I have a quick
2: question. <laughs> I have a quick uh, question here, guys, and this, this has to do with this Ravens Panthers game. And uh, do I just at four at you know four and two? They're they're keeping pace with the Saints somewhat in the NFC South, and I still just like, don't like them that much. But they're winning. Paper time. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I should start maybe giving some cred, but in the third quarter, it was looking like I was spot on.
0: Well, Clep, you sent that text over about them being paper yeah. tigers in the third quarter, and we were all patting ourselves on the back a little bit, talking about how shitey this uh, this Panthers team is, and then they, they come back and win that game. Um, but I think you kind of just have to – Cam Newton – is still getting it done at the end of the day. And he's not as elite as maybe he's been made out to be throughout his career. And he obviously is a bit just of a power thrower. We've talked about that before, how he doesn't, he just kind of has a one speed ball and, uh, and he's not really, I mean, he obviously I think is a little bit overrated, we might say, but this team's got a great back in Christian McCaffrey who they're, they're doing a lot of stuff out of the backfield with him. And then their defense is just really good. And they're just finding a way to win games. Um, but I, I like the Ravens in this game. I've been, uh, I've been really, they are, I mean, they have the best defense in the league right now, maybe not statistically after that Saints game, but this, this team's got a hell of a defense. They run the football and Joe Flacco has been pretty good. Um, so I'm kind of edging towards them traveling to Carolina this week. And I will admit that a lot of that has to do with, uh, my lack of faith in the Panthers and waiting for them to take an L. So...
2: Well, and then uh, I would like to add just another quick thing here. And back in Week Five, we did a, a podcast, and I said it was this. This is a game. It's kind of reminded me of this Falcons Steelers game. Mm-hmm. And in that game, we were. I was saying that whatever team loses this game won't go to the playoffs. And, and in my mind, for this Ravens Panthers matchup, I think whatever team wins this game will make the playoffs. This is going to okay. be my little my little prophecy prediction for this one here.
1: Going off that clap. I'm going to take the Panthers over the Ravens in this game. And just based off the fact that I don't really see the Ravens winning this division. And um, like we've talked about this many times, it's one of the most competitive divisions in football. And I'm still not selling Cincinnati stock. I'm not positive yet because I think almost any team would get obliterated by the Chiefs unless you're uh, Tom Brady. But I'll take the Panthers in this also because I think – there has to be a little bit of a hangover after the Justin Tucker missed P.A.T. last week. I, Carolina at home, too.
3: Yeah, I find it really hard to uh, pick against the Panthers at home at this point in the season, just looking at their record. And uh, Cam Newton's just sheer ability to win games, beat anybody, and also lose to anybody, I guess. <laughs> this team has like been an unimpressive 11-win team last year in one way or another. They... they he turns the ball over and he's not accurate, but sometimes he's really good. And I totally agree with you, Clep. If the Panthers win this game, not that the Ravens are that great necessarily, I just think that this will kind of solidify them as a playoff threat. It would put them at 5-2, and two, which is pretty darn good. And if the Saints lose a tough matchup to Minnesota, they'd be locked there atop, atop the division. Um, I'm going to pick the Ravens in this one just based off of my faith in them all year and because... I, contrary to what Dolan said, I think that that Tucker PAT might reinvigorate this team in a way that okay. uh, that, that were their defense is just charged up. I don't like McCaffrey that much. I don't like Carolina's offensive weapons that much. I really think that Philly really dropped the ball last week more than anything, and Carolina didn't really necessarily... I mean, obviously they put points up, but they, that one fourth down that they converted on was huge, and then they... I mean, Cam Newton won the game, and it was impressive, but I'm not really sold on this Panthers team, and I don't think that... They're a team that's going to clean up at home. I think this Ravens seems a little more hungry, and I'm going to go with them. If I'm All right,
2: a, let's – do you want to throw in like, another game yeah, here,
0: Tom? Oh, I, well, I just kind of wanted to – we can do just a little – I just wanted to say – talk about the Bengals a little bit. And, Dolan, you were saying how you're not selling their stock, and I am selling their stock after that, uh, that Chiefs game. And yeah. I think that um, this team is kind of starting to turn into what we thought they they were. And maybe – I mean, I could be wrong. Um, they de- their offensive line is better and their, their offense is better than I definitely thought it was going to be but I just don't think that this team has the big guns on both sides of the ball to just compete with the high level teams in the AFC and that includes the Steelers and the Ravens in their own division obviously those yeah. games are always going to be competitive when they play but I just am more seeing them as the third best team in this division I don't know if anyone else has any uh, comments on that
1: I, I think the I agree with the Bengals defense do not have any confidence in them at all. I mean, they've let up uh, They let up 45 last week. they let up 30, I think, twice. Um, but I'm confident in the offense uh, because I think they have a lot of weapons. I think Joe Mixon is one of the better running backs in the league. And um, he uh, was tearing it up before he got hurt in this two weeks, came back and was right back at it. And A.J. Green and uh, Tyler Boyd, that's a good uh, one-two right there. And if John Ross could ever get healthy, they're going through a lot of injuries right now, Giovanni Bernard included. It's just... Pretty good offense when they're healthy.
0: No, that's – yeah, that is definitely true. I just – it kind of all goes back down to the red rocket. And and let's just see how consistent he can stay. Uh, I just think as the season wears on, uh, this team is going to start to fade a little bit.
1: I agree. I think Andy is the weak link in that team. He's got some talent around him. But another thing we've been talking about, like these guys who have been just – these quarterbacks, like you talk about Bortles, and they've had a little bit of success in the past, but they've kind of just stayed with the same team for a long time and never really passed that threshold. If the Bengals miss the playoffs this year, then I feel like they're cleaning the house there. Marvin Lewis is apparently unfireable, but we'll see if they don't make the playoffs this year.
3: Yeah, I think uh, Andy Dalton definitely limits this team, especially at this point in the season. Um, I not, I don't know. Are we, are we picking this Bengals game? I think this is a position where – I'm not necessarily convinced Tampa Bay is going to win, but I like them in the underdog role on the road. The Bengals coming off a really tough risky survivor. loss at home. I'm not ready to staple it in as my risky survivor, <laughs> but I, I guess I'll say I'm eyeballing it because uh, I, Buccaneers are my, were my last pick in pool, and they they have rallied this year. And I think they got a really uh, you know they got an invigorating win last week at home against the uh, the Browns, and then now they're traveling to Cincinnati. And I think if there's some nice weather in Cincinnati, this one might be a little bit of a shootout. I don't think the Bengals are necessarily a team that's going to uh, you know, wipe the floor with anyone at home. Uh, and I think that – I like the Bengals. I'm not necessarily ready to sell their stock. I love Mixon, and I think their offense has been solid. I think this is a kind of a new, a new year for them. But um, if, they, if they really – if they start to lose games, I guess I wouldn't be surprised. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I, I think I'll pick the Buccaneers in this one.
2: This, this game is this game is going to be on alert for a disgusting uniform pairing. Yeah. <laughs> so any good. any game that features the Bengals is pretty bad, and then you add in the Bucks. I, I feel like they may do something stupid, like wear wear their like red pants with their white jerseys or something like that. And uh, I, hope not. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Going against that Bengals orange helmet, that's an yeah.
2: Amazing. I don't know. The Bengals just need to wear their all white color rushes every single week. That was beautiful. I was just, that's
1: like when we were talking about the Bengals. The first thing that came in my mind. Colorado jerseys. Because <laughs> the uniforms. over everybody in those Colorado jerseys. Yeah, just do
3: a white one and a black one. Those should be your uniforms. Maybe an orange ultra. <laughs> if, if you can handle it. If it's not too
2: neon. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say with the Bengals here, despite the fact that they just got waxed by the Chiefs uh, in Arrowhead. I just don't trust the Bucks enough to come up to Cincinnati and win. I don't. Jameis Winston is is pretty terrible. Yeah. I mean, I, we just see him keep making the same mistakes over and over again. In that Browns game, I mean he put the team in position, I guess, to kick a 60-yard field goal, but they could have been, made that much easier on their kicker who had been struggling so far, and he took two terrible sacks on that same drive. So I will, he, he's just a, yeah, he's just not doing it anymore for me.
0: I'm going to push back on you a little bit, Clef. I do agree that he had a pretty awful overtime, but up until then, I think that he was making some big-time throws, and he has that Roethlisberger-esque thing where he just doesn't go down, and like even though... He gets like swarm tackled by three guys, and he'll like get out and get three extra yards. I'm I'm not quite selling Jameis' stock yet. I want to see what he can continue to do, and if he can build up a little consistency throughout the season. But I think you're going to kind of have to take the dumb, really dumb throws that he makes, and that awful interception that he threw, uh, and then the sacks that you were talking about too in overtime. But uh, I think this guy is still a little bit of a gamer, and I think he's definitely better than Fitzpatrick.
3: Yeah, For I think
2: we've spent. I, don't know, I think we've spent plenty of time on on Bucs Bengals here. Lee, do you want to toss out a game here to talk about?
3: Yeah, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm oh, I'm going to take this one over to Pittsburgh. This is an interesting matchup That's- here. I had a uh, preseason prophecy that the Browns were going to uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The Browns were going to win one of these two games against the. Uh, the Steelers. I, uh, yeah, they're my they're only want. preseason bet was, was, the, was the hard under on, on ten and a half for, for the Steelers. So uh, I, that's the money I got riding on that. I have not had a lot of faith in Pittsburgh this year. They've done a good job of kind of cleaning up after a rough start. They obviously tied the first game of the season in Cleveland to the Browns, kind of a sloppy <laughs> one. I think this matchup will be a little more interesting than uh, people might think. I think the line on it might be nine or eight. So it's, it's more than a touchdown, which kind of surprises me. I know the Steelers are obviously good and, and, and are improving at home and have more weapons, but I think this is going to be kind of a division dogfight. I think the Browns are, are a team that sticks in games with Baker Mayfield, and although they do uh, shoot themselves in the foot more than most teams in the league, I think that the Steelers are not necessarily the powerhouse that they have been in the past. So I think this, this season specifically that this is a really interesting matchup. And again, I think this is a nice underdog roll for the Browns. Uh, you know, I'm gonna—I I go with my emotion here, and I'm picking the Browns because in order for that prophecy to be fulfilled, you know, I need them to get that W. So I'm—I'm I'm picking Baker to stomp into Heinz Field and get the biggest win he's had on the road since he went to the shoe and stuck the flag <laughs> in that in that O. So I'm going with the Browns here. I'm really excited about this one. I hope they can stay in this game. It'll be like my first time rooting for the Browns in a while. So, uh, so go Brownies here.
1: Yeah, you know, if you guys remember the last time I was on, I uh, specifically called out Jarvis Landry. And uh, last week, he played the best game I've seen him play as a Brown by far. That um, extension at the end when he caught it to get the touchdown before he was touched down was an unbelievable play that brought them back into the game. and um, Really, I can't remember if that was to tie it up or to make it 23-16, but that was the play that got the Browns going. And he's still getting – he got 15 targets, but this time he caught 10 of them. So he's always going to get that uh, target share. And I think that Landry and Mayfield are really starting to build a rapport. And that's a dangerous duo when those guys are gone.
0: Yeah, and the Steelers obviously have a super weak secondary. And not only Jarvis Landry, but David Njoku caught a touchdown in the game last week. And he's starting to become the, uh, the horse that we all thought he, he was, or at least I thought he was, going coming into last year's, uh, last year's draft. Um, I I I'm think I'm going to stick with the Steelers uh, at home. I think this is a different team than when we saw in Week One when they tied the Browns in Cleveland. But I definitely am going to pick the Browns to cover. If, if it's not, I don't know what yeah. the line is. Least that it was nine.
3: I, thought, I think it was eight and a half. I, I don't know. Eight. eight and a half, nine.
0: Yeah. It's definitely. I think it's going to be a dogfight AFC game. But I just like the uh, the Steelers in a uh, in a little bit of a shootout. I don't know what the over/under is on that game for the to- point total. But I think that it could uh, it could eclipse.
2: I mean, why, don't, why don't we just quit pumping up the Browns here a little bit? It's true. Uh, it's true. Hugh, Hugh Jackson has no idea what's going on. He's talking in the press conference. He's going to take the play calling duties back from Todd Haley back to what they were from a year ago when he sucked at it anyway. He's calling timeout or he's throwing challenge flags in the two minute warning, getting timeouts taken away from his team. I'm gonna give me the Steelers and the points, baby. Give them a double-digit win over the Brownies. They're pissed at the fact that they tied them in Week One. That's an embarrassment to this franchise. That they would tie the Browns, and hey, they're just gonna Browns are gonna come into to the Heinz Field and get their heads chopped off here.
3: Yeah, the big bad Steelers. Oh yeah, yeah the big juggernaut Steelers. Big yeah. hardcore guys.
1: Six yeah. Super Bowls, yeah. Is their, is their best player finally going to show up? <laughs> yeah, is honestly. Go to
3: is, let, let's see. Let's see. I'm excited for this one. It's going to be a smash-mouth yeah. game, baby. This is huge. No more losing. That's all I got to say. Let's move
1: on.
2: <laughs> well, Dolan, why don't we talk a little Seahawks-Lions, baby?
1: Exactly. I was just going to say, like, this isn't very risky, and I hope I don't jinx it, but my risky survivor is the Lions. They're covered. I have, like – it might just be because uh, the sheer dominance. We were, The score did not uh, paint the game that was Detroit at Miami. Um, even LeGarrette what Blunt What a game it was. Even LeGarrette Blunt, who's clocking in at about 265, was averaging about seven yards a carry. Um, really, everything, like, Clep, as soon as Quinn got hired, we said, in Quinn we trust, in Quinn we trust. And I have to admit, I was very skeptical when the offensive line is biggest investment. Played terrible last year, but he picked up Ragnow, and everyone's healthy. Starting to come together now. They're downfield blocking, and Carryon is the best Lions running back since. I mean, geez, like I haven't seen a guy run like that since Javon Best played for like five games.
2: Kevin Jones.
1: Yeah, Kevin, Kevin Jones. Jones yeah.
3: <laughs> oh man. Well, Clef, if you'll if you will allow me and Dolan to be someone uh, who's who's always, I guess been a few steps behind you guys in terms – obviously <laughs> yeah. in terms of fandom. I've been, I've been looking at it from more of a realistic aspect or lens, let's say. Um, I'm really excited about this Lions team and I don't want to pump them up too much, but I think this is a great point in the season for them. And if you want to talk about selling stock, buying stock, this is the first time in a while I'd like to buy the stock of the Lions a little bit. Not too much. I'm not going to go crazy. But after the addition of Snacks Harrison and the way they've been looking recently, I, I, a very convincing win in Miami – and I think that, honestly, that this team is going to go as far as the Stafford continues to take them and this offense, and that the defense is, like Dolan said earlier, kind of in piecing itself together all season. And with the O-line being healthy and carry on running the way he is and getting the carries that he deserves, I really like this team uh, going in the week's head, and I love your risky survivor, Dolan. That's all i got to say. I'm with the Lions on this one. I like them at home.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys all. I'm riding the Lions heavy this weekend. Uh, a lot of it actually has to do with my... My lack of faith in the Seahawks uh, and how I'm I'm waiting for them. They've they've rattled off a couple of wins, uh, including trouncing the Raiders two weeks ago before their bye in London. But I just think the Lions are a better team, man. You're gonna bring snacks in the Seahawks. They all they really have is Russell Wilson. The run game is starting to go for the Lions. This is this is as every Lions game is. This is a must-win game for the Lions, and it's gonna be at Ford Field. The place is gonna be rocking. And the Seahawks just don't got the juice. That's Two tuggies,
3: golden tape. Two tuggies.
0: <laughs> and I, I'm expecting this defense to, to contain Seattle a little bit more and show a little bit more grit than they have. Uh, and I think this is kind of going to be like the Miami game where uh, the Lions are going to be comfortably ahead, kind of, uh, and then maybe they'll cut it to maybe a six-point lead or something like that. But I, I think the Lions are going to win over the, uh, in this game. You want huge, I, would, uh, I would like title. to say that I, yeah. I'd like
2: to see the uh, the Lions' defense maybe force a few more turnovers. Uh, they didn't get a turnover last week in Miami. I really thought they should have at least picked Brock Osweiler off once. Hmm. You know, and I know Brock played decently, but he, come on, it's Brock Osweiler. You got you got to be able to to get your hands on one of his passes. And I just would like to see their defense get a few more turnovers. Uh, but other than that, I feel like the Lions. I mean. They, they got to win this game to stay relevant, and then if they win this game, not to, you know I don't you know want to look too far ahead, but then you go to Minnesota, and that that is a game that will determine whether you're kind of sticking around in the NFC North for real, or whether you're just kind of a team that is week in and week out a toss-up of whether you're going to actually show up and, and do what you're supposed to do. So just like last week in Miami was a game where it was like, okay, Lions, like you're very clearly better than this Miami team. Let's just go in and handle our business. They did that. It's the same thing here. You're home to a Seahawks team that is coming off a bye, which is uh, definitely a little bit of an advantage for them, although the Lions just had their bye two weeks ago. So I feel like they should also kind of be just as healthy And and if if not, you know, also have a little momentum coming off these last two wins that they've had in in their last two games. So, um, really, really important game for them. And if you guys don't mind, we can go over some of these other afternoon games uh, in the in our little fire round. But do you have a prediction, Tommy?
1: Can I uh, can I say one more thing about the Lions and what Lee said about how this is a great point for the Lions right now, Week Eight. This is a huge week for the entire NFC North. Green Bay's got to travel to Los Angeles to play the Rams. The Vikings are hosting um, New Orleans primetime Sunday night. Those are realistically could be two losses for two division teams. And if we uh, take care of business at home against Seattle, we're tied for that division lead, baby.
0: Yeah. That, no, it's definitely going to be a huge game. Don't forget about those. the Sammy Darnold and the Jets coming to Soldier Field to play the Bears, which is not going to be a, uh, an easy win for the Bears if they can get it. But my game this week and my risky survivor, because I actually like to put some risk into it, Unlike John Dolan, unlike yeah. unlike all you other – Adam Klepp taking the Saints, you freaking loser, all right? Let's talk about the Giants at home against the Redskins. The oh Giants have had God. an awful, no, awful year so far, and they're going to beat the Redskins at home, and they're yeah. going to whoop them, and they're going to – this this division's going to keep eating itself. And I'm really excited. I'm actually excited to watch this game a little bit and see, uh, you know – I, I just lost a hundred bucks, uh, bet taking the, the Falcons minus four on Monday night. The Giants. Giants brutal.
3: That's a brutal. I,
0: <laughs> I had
3: Giants brutal. plus four. Fuck you, Dolan. <laughs> fuck you, Dolan.
0: <laughs> fuck you. You
3: cheap
1: <laughs> fuck. That was awful. That was awful. They got all the talent, bro. I agree with Tommy. They're beating Washington. Like I don't know if you guys I, saw that. Oh my Dude. god. The
0: what Red is Sp- going on? The world <laughs> is falling.
1: The Redskins are four and two right now, and I don't know if you guys saw the stat, right. but in their last. 50 or whatever Giants at is.
3: home. Even I am. Forget it. The Giants got to win a game at some point. No. Like Reds, oh, yeah. my the God. The Redskins are the definition <laughs> of a paper tiger. Alex yeah. Smith and Adrian Peterson, get out of here. I like They're Jay the Gruden. Epitome of, it.
1: epitome of mediocrity. They're like 28 and 28 and 1 in their last 60 or whatever. It's the epitome of mediocrity. I mean, let me tell you no. what yeah, the I'm
2: The Giants are the epitome of sucking over they the last fun. three seasons. It's be- Tommy's just butthurt that the, the my mighty NFC East champion Redskins that I predicted before the season started <laughs> oh beat his Cowboys, and they're going to go into my life and handle business against a weak team. And the fans, it's going to be an anti-home field advantage because the fans <laughs> are pissed at this team. Yeah. And the Redskins are just going to keep building on this lead in the, in the NFC East, baby.
0: Club, let me tell you what you're going to see on Sunday. You're going to see a really tight game, Giants-Redskins, Eli's gonna drive him down the field, and unlike he did in Atlanta, he's gonna convert on a four-yard scramble, dive in, risk the body a little bit, and win the game for the G-men. They're gonna they're gonna win this game, move to two and six, and this division's gonna keep eating itself. Like I said, I'm, I'm pumped for this one. That fired the pot up a little bit. I like that.
2: Yeah, Giants. Giant
1: 7 making the playoffs, seven and
2: let Let's talk <laughs> Rams-Packers. Yeah.
3: Hey, as soon
1: as that playoff machine gets up, we
3: can do the scenarios, don't no? we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs>
2: it's
3: going to be taking up 30% of my life.
1: Yeah, you could have a 6-10 and ten team make it in the <laughs> NFC East. I don't know. <laughs> you know that's not happening in the North. I think we could go 11-5 and five and miss the playoffs.
3: Just Whew. like the preseason pod
0: predicted.
2: <laughs>
0: Packers, Packers-Rams yeah. club?
2: Yeah, Packers-Rams, baby.
0: Um... I'll start it off, I guess. I, uh, I'm taking the Rams in this one, but the Packers are nine-point dogs, and I would definitely take the Packers to cover. Uh, I yeah. think this is going to be a, a good game. I think the Packers' defense is going to overperform a little bit, and this game isn't going to be as – it's not going to be as big of a mismatch as it, as it is on paper. But in the end, uh, I just don't think Aaron Rodgers has enough. You needed him to, to basically win them that game against San Francisco – I think their interior offensive line trying to deal with Donald and Sue, and then the talent that they have, on the and then the Rams' talent on the other side of the ball, potentially getting Cooper Cup back against No, a, he's not
3: playing, I think. He's, not, day, he's already they ruled him out. I think,
0: okay, well, yeah. Cooper Cup isn't playing, but just a, a pretty uh, riddled Packers secondary. Um, it's it's going to be a bit of a shootout, but I, I like the Rams in the end. Uh, Yeah, I like the Rams in the end. So I I think the Rams are going to continue to stay undefeated.
1: I'll agree with you, uh, Tommy, and I'll take the Rams to win. And that Green Bay plus 9.5, that's way too many points to be given Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I expect Green Bay to cover. I think it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be a great game, honestly. They're playing on the West Coast. Should be a shootout. And I think even though Cooper Cup's not playing, Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks still maybe top two or three duo in the league, one of the best trios when Cup is there. I don't think uh, not having couple hold him back at all. And hopefully, like uh, I brought up the Brandon Cooks injury uh, the last game, or uh, last time I was on the show. And uh, he's come back and looked like the same player he was before the injury. So I'm going to take the Rams in that one.
2: Yeah, I don't really think the Packers are that great of a team. I mean, last obviously Aaron Rodgers made a, a great effort against the 49ers, but it's like you really needed him to do that to beat the C.J. Beathard-led 49ers. And that wasn't even mainly on – Rogers is just like the defense has given up point and given up 30 points to CJ Beathard. Like how this team, I don't really think is one at least at the moment is, is built for to be able to go into places like LA and, and beat the Rams. I, whether, I mean, the Packers have always kind of been a team though, almost like the Patriots in which they start off slow and tend to pick up steam. So maybe they could surprise a few people never going to, you know, Count out a team that has Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, but I, I see the the Rams just kind of running away with this one.
3: Yeah, I I hate being uh, agreeing with all you guys to be honest, but I do. The Rams are so hard to pick against in the afternoon at home. I just even if it is Aaron Rodgers, I even understand that nine point or nine and a half point line just because the Rams are so explosive and have been so dominant. And after what the Packers did at home last week against the Niners, I just feel like. They don't really have a running back, and a lot is on Rogers' shoulders. And if, even if the defense does overperform, I think this Rams offense is just too overwhelming for them. I don't know if I'd necessarily play the line, but I like the Rams at home. I like the Rams as a team to go 14-2, or two, even 15-1 and one this year. They just look honestly like a level above everybody in the league. And Lord knows if that will transition over to the playoffs. But as far as the regular season goes, this team is, is looking like a juggernaut and like an absolute powerhouse uh, so I, I like them at home to kind of roll.
1: Move to 8-0. Certain, yeah. I, I don't know. I thought the Rams were going to be good, but 8-0 is yeah. surprising. Yeah,
3: it's pretty
1: crazy. No,
3: yeah, the, I, lines,
2: the lines will knock them off week 12, baby.
1: <laughs> that's going to be a game right there. We'll give them I a would, better shot than will, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> I can't wait to see Gerard Davis try and cover Todd Gurley. That's going to be a great matchup for everybody to watch.
1: And we're brought back down to reality. There
2: we go. Uh, Should we talk to the Saints Vikings, baby? Oh, yeah. The rematch. Rematch. Going down in U.S. Bank. And my Saints, second week in a row, risky survivor. Saints go into Minneapolis and get the dub, baby. Let's go. Wow.
0: It's going to snow in in Michigan this December. Risky, risky pick. (laughs) That's, yeah, yeah, That's
3: it's ridiculous, pick Tommy. Up. That's a ridiculous comparison. That's a classic, Tommy. You know, you make the analogy
0: and it makes no friggin' sense.
2: How'd how, how your, how your Browns risky survivor go last week? Hey, at
0: least there was some damn risk to it, okay?
2: No, there wasn't. Both of those teams were trying let's to be, lose the game. Let's get
0: back to
3: the oh point here. Let's get back to the point here. This is a Vikings team that has had kind of a season of ups, ups and downs. Most recently, ups, I think. Uh, they're kind of coming all together with with, uh, with their offensive unit with led by Kirk Cousins and Zimmer is, is making that defense play better, I guess. I mean, recently they've been better. They're getting Everson Griffin back. Lord knows where he even was. But uh, I like this to be a shootout and a really good game. The Saints are a dome team, so I don't think there's any disadvantage of them being on the road, regardless of where they play. So I don't necessarily think that there's too much risk there. As uh, It's not like they're going to be playing in the in the cold of Baltimore or, uh, or Minnesota outside. So... Um, I think this one should be a a shootout and I I, I like uh, I like the rematch. I think Cousins is going to be jazz for it. Give me the give me the Vikings at home. I like this one. I think the Saints got a little karma coming for them after Justin Tucker missed that extra point and I think they're kind of a uh I obviously, you know, they're they're a very good team, but they sh- they should be overmatched in this game. I like the Vikings defense to step up. The Saints secondary kind of look lax. I like Cousins to pick them apart. So, I'll take the Vikings here.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, Lee. Uh I will say though that the Saints Really impressed me in that game um, against Baltimore. Just that the, this offense and just the, the just the weapons that they have between Ingram and Kamara and then the guys that they have on the outside, rookies like Traquan Smith coming in, and then Drew Brees kind of being the glue that holds it all together. Uh, they do have some issues on defense that we were talking about. Another trade we didn't talk about was Eli Apple coming over for that fourth-round pick, who I think actually is going to slot in nicely with his buddy Marshawn Lattimore from Ohio State uh, in that secondary. Um, but I just... I think this, this game means a lot more to the Vikings than it does to the Saints. And I know teams don't think about this, but the Saints can kind of afford to take a loss here. And if this was a playoff game like it was last year and the Saints were going to Minnesota, I'd pick the Saints because I think they have a better team. But I just think that there's more working towards uh, Minnesota's favor. So it's more of a supernatural pick for me taking the Vikings.
1: Yeah, and I, obviously, I made my debut on the show over the summer talking a lot of smack about the
2: Vikings. And, um, <laughs> if I do recall, you said yeah. that the Lions would beat the Vikings twice and that uh, Kirk Cousins was the worst free agent signing of all time.
1: Well, the fact that they gave him a fully guaranteed contract, that kind of ticked me off. That's what that's what that's I was why I was spewing that. He didn't deserve that. But I will say that this Vikings team scares me, and... What the scariest part is, is the fact that Dalton Cook has barely played this entire year. And I don't know if he's been officially ruled out yet or not. I don't think he's playing. But oh, oh, I was feeling the Vikings, but both of you guys took them too. But I'll stick with the Vikings because it takes a lot for me to pick them. But I, I like them in this game. Um, Diggs, we talk – I've talked a lot about receiving. Like, I mean, Diggs and Thielen might be the best. Thielen's got 10 catches and, like, 100 yards in every game so far. Um, and Latavius Murray has been a good fill-in for Dalvin Del- Cook, too. So I'll take the Vikings in this one.
0: anybody Anyone want to revisit that Thielen being a top-ten receiver uh, debate from last show? Any, anything changed for everybody, anybody? Or it no? wasn't
3: last show. That was when we were playing Madden.
0: <laughs> Off-camera, off for, for you subscribers that get to follow us from the body cam feature at thebackjudge.com, you guys saw that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we were just talking about Adam Thielen. His kind—he of, was criminally underrated last year, and is still kind of ha, is underrated this year, despite being the best receiver in the NFL statistically. Uh, so, I, I think it's definitely kind of hard to say that he's not a top ten receiver in the NFL right now. But maybe we can leave that for a, a different time.
2: I think he—I would, would say he is. He is. There's not, no debating that. I, don't know. I mean, he's
1: got. maybe the. White boy with the best hands in the league. So I was about to throw the hands
2: out there, throwing all the
1: stereotypes. Yeah,
3: he's got but, speed too, though, and he can really run yes. out He's just kind of like a... Yeah, uh,
2: I would put him like maybe like 8th or ninth, kind of like behind like an A.J. Green and a Mike Evans, like right after those dudes. And then like after that, you start getting into like, you know, the almost like, you know, the Amari Coopers, the Golden Tates, the T.Y. Hiltons. Let's
0: not even talk about Amari Cooper. Take, you know, uh, you know, I don't know. I'll
1: take Steelin over those guys any
2: day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'll
1: take going over Michael Thomas.
0: I'll take Ooh, uh whoa. that's yeah, a, that's big. That's a big take. Yeah. I love right. I love where your head's at.
2: <laughs> any uh, any other games you guys want to throw out here before we why well, do do a quick fire round before we sign off here?
3: Uh Thursday night Texans lock at home to beat the Dolphins. Yeah. Woo, lock. Rude. Lock Although I,
2: I like the Texans to win the game. One thing I will say though, I saw the line is seven and a half. Give me the Dolphins all day on that.
3: I wouldn't Give me the Dolphins know, on that line. You know what? I'll go ahead and say, give me the Texans. Lay the touchdown in a half. Wow. Game. The Dolphins yeah. are a sell, sell, sell. They're going to win maybe seven, six, seven games this year, with seven at the most. Mm-hmm. I think their better days are behind them. Yeah. Texans at home.
0: Yeah, I'm with the Texans as well. I, I'm not touching that line, though.
1: No. Neither I'll not. go and ahead also, and
3: say
0: my risky survivor of the week,
3: lock it in. Browns in Pittsburgh. Woo. Got a lot, double and he, and, down, a lot
0: riding on the game.
2: What percentage of chance do you think the Jets have going into Soldier this weekend?
3: Forty-two.
0: I'd say 40, yeah. 45. Yeah, I, I'm right there. Uh, Donald had a pretty tough week last week against Minnesota. He's, it's not going to get any easier against another tough defense. He needs to complete over
3: you know over fifty-five percent of his passes. Yeah. Or maybe let's say over sixty. He needs to be efficient. You know what I mean? If he can be efficient, they'll beat the Bears. Honestly, I think. But I don't. I can't trust that he can do that week to week. Yeah. But like, I would take the Bears at home.
0: Yeah, I, I'm leaning towards the Bears as well, but again, I'm probably uh, I'm probably not going to touch it. This, this Jets defense, as as they have been in all of Todd Bull during all of Todd Bull's uh, tenure, they really play hard and they got some uh, some pieces there. Despite you know letting teams put up some points, but they they really kind of play that bend don't break defense. Um, I, yeah, I think it's going to be a great game. Sad news that Bilal Powell's career might be over, but next man up in, uh in, in New York with the Jets.
3: And the Bears are 0 and two against the uh, AFC East. They gotta play yeah. they lost to the Dolphins in the in the Pats, so they gotta play the Jets and the Bills now. I, I like them to win both those games and finish two and two against the division. What do you guys
0: think about the Broncos Chiefs?
2: Chiefs. Chiefs cover. Yeah.
0: No I mean I mean I think we're all gonna pick the Chiefs but um,
1: Chiefs minus ten.
0: Okay.
2: It's at, it's it's in Arrowhead, too. No no chance the, the Broncos even keep keep pace there.
1: I
3: like the Broncos with the points.
1: Mm. Okay. You know what? I, I didn't include this as my risky survivor, but I think this might be lock of the century, and I'm sure Tommy would agree with me. The Arizona Cardinals at home as one pick <laughs> and dogs versus the San Francisco 49ers, the team that will be getting the number one pick in the 2019 NFL draft. Wow. Put that on the Cardinals, baby. It's Josh Rosen time.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, too. I'm taking the Cardinals here, too. And the Cardinals are going to get their – they beat the Niners last time. Let's double down. Let's beat them again. Rosen's been playing well despite having just a pretty awful team around them. And I think they're going to bounce back after that awful performance at home against uh, Denver last Thursday. So I like the Cardinals as well. Give me the Niners. Oh, and also yeah, – give, give, give me better baby. Little, t- the little tidbit. Let's assume the Lions beat Seattle and Arizona wins. We're keeping – clap that bet. I'm keeping it in – they're keeping it in the shooter's di- distance, right? What do I got, four games? Well, they're not going to win because oh. the Niners are going to win. All right, we'll see. The
1: Niners aren't winning a game for the rest of the year. They should have – Oh,
2: Dolan. Come on, baby.
3: They shouldn't have a sh- Yeah, I'm not- Arizona's vulnerable. Peterson wants out. Rosen's frail. He's frail. <laughs> that D-line's going to eat him up.
1: San Francisco should be 0-16. The Lions were robbed week two. <sighs>
0: I will say though, man, George Kittle, what a damn player, Clepp. That was your guy, eh? Coming out of yep. Iowa in that 2017 draft. He just looks to be a complete tight end and uh, definitely one for the future going forward. Colts lock in Oakland. Yeah, no, I actually yep. was gonna say that earlier. I think that's my lock of the week is the Colts. Uh Andrew Luck's been playing well. He's gonna piece up that defense. Uh, and Marlon Mack, uh, what's what's the dude from NC State? Naeem Space. Hines. Naeem Hines. They, they, they just got a nice little offense going. Their defense is over, overperforming. And Raiders Frank, don't like Gruden. Ra- yeah, Raiders don't like Gruden. And Fra- so. Frank Reich, man, I think he's a really good coach. Um, I just like I like the Colts a lot in this game. Give me the Bills. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> plus fourteen. Bill. I was gonna say like I would
1: probably take New England minus fourteen in that.
3: I absolutely would if, if Anderson is starting. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and if Nate Peaty's starting, if like. Or if that's I'm, I'm gonna a, be honest. Josh
3: Allen's grown on me a little bit. I think he's a little Josh bit of a threat. A good yeah.
1: Josh Allen went into Minnesota and embarrassed them. Yeah. I'm gonna be hoping for that for the rest of the year.
3: Give me the Pats. Give me the
0: Pats. Lay the two touchdowns. I'll win by
2: thirty. Yeah. Tell me, <laughs> the boys are on a buy this week.
0: Yeah, the boys are on a buy getting an Amari into the offense. Wait, a minute, I just wanted to say one more thing. This, this, this is kind of a little bit of a, a mini rant that I didn't get to get into the Amari thing. The Cowboys didn't want Josh Gordon. Like what the what the f, man? They don't want to give a fifth round pick or even a fourth or a third round pick for Josh Gordon, but you're going to give a first round pick for Amari Cooper, 24 years old. What is Josh Gordon? 27. I, I mean, I Josh Gordon also has a history of some of some bad things. Yeah, it's Amari my, Cooper uh, has been has been pretty uh, underwhelming the past two years. Yeah,
1: yeah. Amari Cooper has a history of not being a good football player. If you look
0: at last year, yeah, I'll yeah, take Josh look, Gordon. Yeah, look at the year uh, before nine, that. 100 over Amari Cooper, six three four three speed. Ooh. Yeah, so that whole, the Cowboys saying we didn't want Josh Gordon, that kind of, uh, I think they're eating their own fists right now. But, you know, we'll we'll see. I, I tend to think that going, spending the fourth-round pick, getting a guy like Demarius Thomas or Larry Fitzgerald, I mean, maybe that's a little too, but just a veteran guy that is in a a, a, a icky situation. In your dreams, you get Larry Fitzgerald, man. All right, Demarius Thomas, Manuel Demarius Sanders. Demarius. Cortland Sutton is knocking at the door behind him. They're going to get rid of one of those guys. I, I don't know. You don't don't you
1: know, a- with them trading for a young piece like Amari uh, Cooper, because that, that actually is a good point. you got the Broncos in kind of a, a little bit of a dead-end sit- situation. I'm not sure they're ready to admit that yet. With an aging receiver in Demarius Thomas, shipping a fifth-round uh, pick over to him would make a lot of sense. But it makes me think that the Cowboys might have uh, Cooper in their plans, trading for such a young piece, having the opportunity to re-sign him. But, obviously, the rest of this season, um, how it plays out, We'll uh, decide whether or not he gets re-signed.
0: Yeah, man. Give Amari 70 mil. Give Dak 70 mil. Give Zeke 100 mil next year. Then give DeMarcus Lawrence. No, you're going to give DeMarcus Lawrence 100 mil this year, too. Jerry's got all the money. I don't think
3: it's going to work that way. But
0: I I mean, you're, you're, you're
3: speculating a lot about contracts. When well, it's, when you're going to have to – Those gotta, are three mean,
0: three big dudes you're going to we'll have to pay this happens, summer. So. What if you make the playoffs this year? I'd
1: rather playoffs? keep Amari than
0: Dak, that's for sure. <laughs> that's I don't want, I don't want either. Give
2: me Dwayne Haskins, baby. Yeah. Before we we sign off here, I would like to get some score predictions for the Seahawks Lions game.
1: Uh, The over under is at uh, at 49, so I'll go. Let's go Lions. Let's go Lions 24 17. I'll take the under, and the Lions will cover.
3: I'm going to go 27.
2: 22 lions. T-Bone?
0: Weird score. Yeah. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go 27, 22 lions as well because I think that's a great prediction. I'm not gonna lie. I just like those numbers, man. Five. I'm not, I I'm mean, you're not gonna go seven or three. Go five, man. 27, 22. Wow.
2: Yeah, I like the lines like to put up a 30 piece, baby. Give, give me, give me 34, 26. Keep feeding
0: that man carry on, Clip, Right? Jeez, man.
2: Absolutely.
0: Dapper doesn't even have to throw, honestly.
2: Dylan, uh, thank you for joining us, baby.
1: Yeah, it's always a pleasure. It's great chopping
0: it up with you boys. Oh awesome. yeah. as as always. See so you see you boys next week then. Yes.
1: absolutely.